talks first. You talk first. I talk first. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Han Talks First. I am the host, Han, and this is the podcast you're looking for, a Star Wars show where we talk about the latest and greatest going on in the Star Wars world. So glad you could join us today. Sorry we are a little delayed by two whole days. I had an accident over the weekend in which I got attacked by a dog, and they bit my hand, and I was MIA. Uh, for a little while. So I apologize for that. But I'm back and I'm ready to talk some Star Wars. We have a couple of great topics to talk about today. And it looks like I'm having a little latency issue on the stream. So if anyone in the chat notices something, please let me know whether it's audio or visual. I will try to fix it. But I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you had a great weekend and a great start off to your week. And hopefully this show can bring you some more greatness. So what are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about some comments about the new Star Wars video games. We're talking about um, a little bit more about Star Wars Visions, the anime series that's coming to Disney+. Plus. We got some more news about that. And also some talk about The Mandalorian Season 3. And finally, of course, the main topic, which is, should we be worried about Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie? And I'm going to give you some reasons on why I think I'm a little hesitant right now. Don't get me wrong, I'm still very excited about the movie. But I'll give you some reasons to why I, I'm a little hesitant to be as excited as I was a month ago for this movie. But before we get into all that, we're going to start off with our first segment of the show every week, which is Star Wars Replay. So here is this week's Star Wars Replay. Enjoy. Star Wars Replay. Star Wars Replay is where we replay major moments and events that happened this week in Star Wars history. And this week, all the way back in 1945, the original Matt artist for A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back, Harrison Ellenshaw, was born. Back in 1969, James Arnold Taylor, who was the voice of the animated Obi-Wan Kenobi, was born. In 1961, Woody Harrelson, who plays Beckett in Solo, A Star Wars Story, was also born. Another birthday this week, back in 1979, was Rose Byrne, who plays Senator Amidala's handmaiden in the prequels. And finally, in 1994, TIE Fighter, the official strategy guide, was published. That's it for Star Wars Replay. Tune in next week to find out what major moments and events happened next week in Star Wars history. So a lot of great things happened this week in Star Wars history, and we'll try and keep that series going every week. So if you enjoy it, please let me know. And we have some more additions coming to the show later on as well. Before we really get into the topics and stuff today, I wanted to tell you guys about my weekend. I went to what is called the 626 Night Market. And uh, there are a couple of rare collectibles. So I got this one, which is the Pride Stormtrooper. Um, it's extremely rare. And I found it for a really good price. So I got this one. And then I found three additions to the concept series so i have the original r2d2 concept funko uh the darth vader one i've had for a while but it's still a part of my collection and then the last one i found was the original yoda concept design so check that out these are really rare they're a limited series and i just found them randomly for 10 bucks at the night market and there's one last thing i found which is my favorite there's an artist there who makes these hand-drawn paintings. They're like posters, like flyers for uh, nerd locations. So this one's about Visit Tatooine. Our midichlorian levels are off the charts. 
and it's this beautiful hand-painted flyer for Tatooine. I love this. If you guys want to see more of what I got, you can head on over to my Instagram. I post pictures of everything there. But that's just something that happened to me this weekend, aside from getting mauled by an animal. <laughs> so some good, some bad. But anyway, that's, that's what happened to me. I hope you guys had a great weekend and continue to have a great week. On top of collectibles and things like that, there was another very interesting Star Wars collectible that was just released last week, which was this new Lego Star Wars gunship. And it's huge. This thing is massive. If you're watching on the video stream, uh, it's it's almost as big as the guy that's holding it. And it looks so sick. And I'm glad we finally get some more Lego pieces from the prequel days. And this is a collector series. Uh, it, it'll probably be limited, but this is high up on my wish list. It's a really cool gunship. And I don't know. I love building Legos. I saw Salacious was here in the chat. He does Lego builds on his streams. You guys should check that out too. But that was something I found very interesting. The last thing that's kind of off the top before we jump into the main topics is this um, tweet that Ahmed Best put out. And Ahmed Best, of course, is the actor who played Jar Jar Binks. And recently, this is kind of related to Star Wars, not really, but they said that someone tweeted out, given that Kang's real name is Nathaniel Richards and he's a distant descendant of Reed Richards, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that MCU's version of Mr. Fantastic will be played by a black actor. So we all know Fantastic Four is coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it was an interesting thing to point out, but Ahmed Best went and commented on it and said, I'm officially throwing my hat in that ring. So he has stated that he wants to play Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four movies. I don't know how I feel about that. I think it's cool that he has a dream and I support him in that. I don't know if it could work for the MCU, uh, but I just thought it was something cool I wanted to share. There was a funny, funny comment on it that said, I hope it's not this hat. And they showed a picture of the Jar Jar Binks helmet that he wore on set. So that was something funny too. But yeah, the, the Lego thing really is what gets me the most. So I'm excited about that. Anyway, let's talk about some news. So, in the, And then I'll get to some of you guys in the chat there and see what you guys are saying and how your day is going. But the first bit of news is about the Star Wars video games. And EA recently made a tweet uh, talking about the their new Star Wars video games that will be coming out. And this is what the tweet said. We won't be showing any new Star Wars games at EA Play Live on July 22nd. But all of us look forward to celebrating with you next year when we share our vision for the galaxy far, far away. Now, this was very interesting because we all know that Jedi Fallen Order 2 is in production. There's no way they wouldn't make that game. There hasn't been an official announcement, but come on, it's coming. But this tweet led us to believe that there is more than just one video game coming for Star Wars. And we do know that EA doesn't hold the monopoly of video game license for Star Wars anymore, which means that they really have to start putting out more uh, more games, higher quality games, and I think we're going to get that next year. But the big, big disappointment about this is we're not getting any news this year at EA Play Live, which is a shame. I mean, yeah, the pandemic has pushed everything back, but it's a little discouraging to see everything Star Wars game related is delayed. The Lego video game, which I, for one, am actually looking forward to, the Skywalker saga. But who knows? Maybe this time next year we will be getting a Jedi Fallen Order 2 trailer or gameplay, but we'll have to see. 
What do you guys think of uh, Star Wars video games? Do you have a favorite? I saw uh, someone in the chat was saying they play uh, Battlefront a lot. Uh, I love Battlefront too. I, I I don't play it as much as I should, but Fallen Order is a big plus for me. So uh, before I get into the next bit of news, I'm just going to take a look here into the chatteroo and see how you guys are doing today. We got a lot of people joining us. Hello, just whatever, Dan. Nice to see you. Max, uh, Captain Rex Studios, Salacious Rum. And yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, thanks for sticking through us uh, with us through the uh, nice view of the Green Slug's house. Jabba? Jabba the Hutt? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, Lord, it's going to make me bust. I think you're talking about the uh, Lego. <laughs> uh, me too. Me too. Max is really excited for Fantastic Four. And I think EA will make one Star Wars game every year or at least two every two years. Yeah, I could see that happening too. And I see uh, Rex is also looking forward to the Skywalker Saga game. Totally. I'm glad other people are as well. I thought I was kind of alone in that. So next bit of news coming out recently um, is about Star Wars Visions. I know we've talked about it endlessly on the show, but I'm really excited for it. And I think it's going to be something different and refreshing. And I know some of you aren't as excited for the show, but maybe this will help change your mind. So Studio Trigger, the studio that's making two of the anthology series, The Duel and The Elder, those are the short stories they're creating. And they had some comments to make on their installments for Star Wars Visions. And the first one is about the Elder. And it's they had this to say, for some viewers, the series might be their first Star Wars experience. So I wanted to make something that you can enjoy without knowledge of the rest of the story. So our story is not directly connected to any of the characters from the films, but it explores the idea of the Jedi Knights and the Master and Padawan dynamic in an older setting. So what's interesting about this in relation to the next quote that I'll read is this takes place before the Skywalker saga. Now, I guess you could say High Republic era, not too sure about that, or Republic era, but it's not going to be directly connected to Skywalker saga so that anyone can come in and watch this show. And the reason why this is important is because the other show that Studio Trigger is making is making the first ever Star Wars story that takes place after episode nine. At least it'll be the first one that gets released to the public. And this is what they have to say about that story. The twins is set after episode nine, after the empire has been vanquished by the resistance said Imashi Im, Imashi. I think that's how you say it. The remnants of the Imperial army have raised a pair of twins on the dark side of the force. And the story goes from there. And then Amashi referenced the twins searching for a new hope, suggesting some thematic references to the other story about a couple of Force-sensitive twins. So it looks like Studio Trigger is giving us stories that takes place before and after the Skywalker saga, not only to get muddled in with the rest of the story, but it'll give us a brand new take on the galaxy. And I'm, for one, looking forward to what happens after Episode Nine. It's clear that this show will not be canon. We have discussed that on a previous episode. But we'll get to see someone's interpretation of what happens after episode nine. And who knows, it could lead into bigger stories. And eventually, maybe one day they could even make it a canon story. But we'll have to wait and see. I want to know what you guys think about these comments from Studio Trigger. And are you excited about Visions? If you want to watch my breakdown of every single story, 
you can go to the channel and watch it. It's one of the most recent videos. I'm really looking forward to the show. I can't wait to get more details on it. Um, you held up a lava picture of the green slugs house. Oh, I, I get what you're saying. Okay, yes. So that was about the, the poster. Definitely. The green slug. Because he's smelly and slimy. Most definitely. Uh, Max says, I think it's interesting that one episode is before the Skywalker saga and that one is after. And I'm still happy it's not going to be canon. Yeah, I, I'm happy about that it's not canon too. Not because I think it's going to suck or ruin what's on the <laughs> in canon, but because it gives the creators freedom to just do whatever they want and tell whatever kind of story they think. It, it gives it this totally creative freedom. And I think that, t- you know, makes for more interesting stories to tell. So I am also looking forward to that. The last bit of news before we jump into the main topic is about The Mandalorian. So Mark Hamill recently went on The Tonight Show. I think that's what it's called with Jimmy Kimmel. And he made some comments about upcoming featurettes we will be getting on Disney+. And here's some of the things he said about it. Um, More specifically, on August 25th, we will be getting a new behind-the-scenes episode of The Mandalorian Season 2, but more specifically, all about the finale of Season 2, which, of course, features Luke Skywalker. And he had some other things to say in this interview about his experience on set, how he never thought it would happen again. It felt so good to put the glove back on. And a lot of people speculated that he wasn't actually on set that day because of the deep fake technology they were using but he was and we'll get to see how they did it in this behind the scenes special so august 25th is something we can look forward to i'm really excited about it because i was extremely disappointed they didn't put anything about luke skywalker in the what do they call it the mandalorian gallery and out of everything that you would put in that behind the scenes you would think the one they would focus their attention on would be the luke skywalker cameo and they didn't So I guess they're just milking us as long as they can, you know, so we'll get a whole episode. I hope it's like an hour long. I hope they have like interviews with Mark Hamill and John Favreau and we can learn about the technology and how they did it. So I'm pretty excited about it. So we'll have some more things to talk about in about a month. It can't come soon enough. And the last bit of Mandalorian news was that, of course, we got confirmation that it will premiere in spring of 2022. So we have about a year, one more year. Now, of course, me and my audience knows this because we have already talked about it. We know that they haven't even started shooting season three yet. So we're not going to get it until as early as spring. I speculate maybe even May, which is kind of at the tail end of spring. But I don't know. It's 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 kind of sad that, you know, it makes me a little nervous. Like, what happened? What happened with the production? Why is it delayed? I know the pandemic, but there had to be something else, right? I guess we'll have to wait and find out. But how do you guys feel about it? How are you feeling? And let's just jump into the main topic. Let's talk about Kevin Feige's new Star Wars film, which of course isn't coming out for a pretty long time. But as the title of this video suggests, I am a little nervous about what the story is going to be and how the execution might be handled. And all of this speculation for me comes from the fact that Loki 
the new TV series from Marvel just came out on Disney Plus. And the writer and the showrunner creator of Loki is going to be the writer of Kevin Feige's new Star Wars movie. I will go into detail about this, but full warning. Obviously, for me to talk about this, I have to give spoilers away for Loki on Disney Plus. So if you haven't seen it and you don't want it ruined for you, you might not want to watch this video. But if you don't care or you have seen it, then we can have a conversation about it and I can give you my thoughts. Because honestly, I think the effects of Loki, once Loki came out, I was telling myself, we're going to learn a lot about this writer, a lot about their tone, how they tell a story, and it's going to give us a great idea of what we're going to see in Kevin Feige's Star Wars film. Because it's confirmed, Michael Waldron is the writer for this series. And I didn't like Loki. I'm not going to lie. I did not like Loki. Now, before you leave, because you disagree with my opinion of that, let me explain. First of all, the first couple episodes of Loki, it started to become my favorite series of MCU TV shows so far. It really was. I thought it was grand and extraordinary and beautiful to look at and watch. And it had a good story that it was potentially going to tell. But then as it continued, I started to get lost in what they were trying to tell me. And there wasn't every answer was getting questioned or every question wasn't getting answered. And it started to lose uh, its own identity as to what it was actually trying to tell its audience. And I felt disconnected with it. And then by the time the finale of Loki came around, it was awful. It was so, so awful. It was some of the worst MCU I've ever seen. And it actually went from being my favorite show of the MCU to my least favorite show in the MCU TV Disney Plus series. And I'll go into a little bit detail more, but I think we can take from this how Kevin Feige's Star Wars will be. Because for one thing we know is that Kevin Feige is, you know, directly not really hands-on with his movies anymore, at least in the Marvel scope of things. He is an executive producer now. He oversees so many projects, tens of projects at once. And it's hard for him to have a hand in the creative, you know, input of each and every one. And it didn't always, it wasn't always that way. He was a very involved producer in the earlier stages of the Marvel movies. Now, of course, I could be wrong, but from the way I've seen things going, especially in the television side of things, I really don't think he's as involved as we think he is. And I'm a little worried that when he transitions to going towards a Star Wars movie, he's going to approach it with the mentality of making a Marvel film. And Marvel and Star Wars are two very completely things. For one, I don't want my Marvel films to be anything like Star Wars. And for another, I don't want my Star Wars films to be anything like my Marvel films that I watch. A good example of this would be like how they're starting to act like each other is The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi and Loki are very similar in their executional ways. And a great example of this, again, spoilers, is the revelation of Kang the Conqueror in the Loki TV series. Now, we all thought the big baddies of this series was going to be the timekeepers, the three individuals that were floating in the attic above the TVA, who ended up just being mindless robots that they totally pulled a Snoke on us. It, it didn't have anything to do with the story, and they really didn't matter. Now, 
of course, I did not like the way they treated Snoke in The Last Jedi, but I did like how they treated it in Loki. However, they never rounded out the end of that story, similar to how they never rounded it out in the Skywalker saga either. But the thing that I liked about the execution of finding out that the timekeepers were fake in the Loki series was the fact that they they didn't just show that they were fake and they cut to cut to the end. They explained why they were fake, that there was someone else behind it. It was done a little bit better than making it kind of like a joke. And there was heavy emphasis on one of the timekeepers specifically that looked a lot like Kang the Conqueror. And then it was revealed that Kang was going to be the big bad. Ultimately, I didn't like the reveal. I didn't like that Kang was the big bad guy. I thought it could have been a great idea, but the acting from Jonathan Majors, who plays Kang, I thought was terrible. And it's not his fault. It's unfair of me to say it's his fault because the writing was bad. The writing was so bad for that episode. And the direction, the last 20 maybe 25 minutes of the season finale of Loki is three people in a room talking exposition explaining the entire Loki series without answering any questions that we wanted answered such as who is Sylvie what was her nexus event why was she taken at a young age and she also stated that she was pruned once before what what why we don't know anything about the sylvie character except for the fact that she is a divergent of a loki and that was very disappointing to me it was one of the big answers we wanted and the character of sylvie herself changed so drastically throughout the show she started off as being this mysterious figure that they were hunting down a loki variant and then she she's perceived as a bad guy a murderer she murdered members of the tva whilst knowing that they were members of the tva against their own will so sylvie is ultimately a bad guy but then episode three and four they try to make us empathize with that and see that oh she's just a misunderstood woman who you know you know was has been oppressed her whole life and being chased and she she needs to she's actually a good guy but then at the end over the entire universe, over the entire, entire sacred timeline, over anything in the galaxy, she chooses selfish revenge against Kang the Conqueror for taking away from her family, making her a bad guy again. Revenge is the dark side. And, of course, it just ended without... It. The season of Loki ended so that they could have a season two. I don't like that. This is another reason why I really don't like television, because it forces you to have to watch everything all the time. And who knows, they might answer these questions in season two that I was wanting to know, but I don't think that's fair to the audiences. Now, how can all this be related to Kevin Feige's movie? Well, I'm not familiar with much of other Michael Waldron's work. I know he's written Rick and Morty. I have no interest in that show. Not really a fan of that type of humor. And other than that, I don't know what else he's written. He is writing the Doctor Strange 2 movie. We do know that's coming as well. But this is a tricky situation for me. I think from what I've seen so far, Michael Waldron has a very imaginative, creative mind. And he knows how to engage an audience. But as far as telling a story, getting your themes straight... I think, there's, I think there's a problem there. And one last thing that I think I'll mention about this is the fact that 
in a recent interview with Michael Waldron, he mentioned how he wants his Star Wars film to be about the essence of family, which is what he believes was the original trilogy's common centric tone was just this big theme about family and these three people going on an adventure together. I agree with that. I totally 100% agree with that. But I don't want another Star Wars movie to feature this big ensemble cast. Every movie we've had so far. I mean, take a look at Solo. Solo had Beckett. It had that one Afro lady. It had the alien, Kira, all that kind of stuff. Rogue One, an ensemble piece. The Force Awakens, not so much. But once they got to The Last Jedi, they introduced so many characters that they just ended up not doing anything with. And then The Rise of Skywalker introduced more characters that they ended up doing nothing with, like Janna. And don't get me wrong, all the characters that are introduced could be really great additions. I just think they weren't handled well. It's the, it's the problem where you introduce so many new characters at once that you start to forget about the ones that were important, like Rey Skywalker, for example. It's hard to say Rey Skywalker. It's, <laughs> I just want to say Rey. So it's hard. Rey, for example. We lost Rey through the sequel trilogy. Because we were introducing so many new characters that we kind of ran out of time to tell the story about this one girl that we were focused on in the start. So when it comes to making uh, Kevin Feige, Michael Waldron, Star Wars film, I agree with the family aspect. But after seeing what has happened in Loki, where they introduce a lot of new characters and they really they they try to make them seem like they're important when in fact they really never were the entire time. One example, and even if they were important, they don't finish off their story they don't close their arc and a good example of that is the courtroom woman i can't remember her name i think it's ray uh revens if you guys know it in the chat please let me know but the lady who is in charge of the tva and at the end of the finale she goes through a portal and says goodbye to mobius and then we have no idea what she's doing what she's thinking where she's going another example is the character h or B, B15, I think that's her name. Uh, she ended up uh, finding out she had mem- like suppressed memories, and then she like became a, a more prominent character. But then in the, at the finale, they never resolved her character, and she just disappeared. That was it. So that's my, that's my concern, because television is character-focused. It's not story-focused. So maybe that is an alternative argument to what I'm saying here. And I'm not saying this is going to be bad. I'm not saying Kevin Feige's movie is going to be bad. I am still very excited about it. I'm just saying I'm a little worried. I'm a little hesitant after seeing the talent that is behind the camera. Now, who knows? We might get an amazing director attached. We might get some other casting news that it comes out, some story news that comes out. You know, maybe this Star Wars film is the story that they were always meant to tell. Everyone has a bad day at the office. I, I do myself. Every, everyone does. Maybe Loki was just this group's bad day at the office. And the last thing I'll say about this is one thing that Marvel is starting to do that Star Wars does a lot, which is annoying, is the fact that they treat their audiences like they need to get, they need to have homework after they watch some of their movies or television shows and what i mean by that is when we watch the rise of skywalker for example there were still a lot of things in that movie that weren't answered for example the fact that finn was force sensitive and also the fact that adam driver he was 
Sorry, I'm just looking at my notes here. Uh, Finn was force sensitive. Uh, Adam Driver, you know, we got more stuff about his character and his transition in the novelization of The Rise of Skywalker. We also got more stuff about Rey and her parentage and her connection with Palpatine. We got so much more exposition in the book that answered questions that were left off in the Rise of Skywalker film, which is fine. I, I appreciate they still do that. But Marvel is starting to do the same exact thing, especially with the Loki series. As of right now, they are making Renslayer. Thank you for commenting that. Renslayer was the name of the head of the TVA. So the other connection is they're giving required reading for their, their properties, which I don't, I don't appreciate. If, if you're going to make a story to tell on screen, tell the entire story on screen. Don't have me go read a comic to figure out what happened to this one character. So with the Loki situation, Renslayer, her story after she walks through that threshold and goes off and does whatever she wants, it's continued on in a comic book that's to come, on, come out later this year, I think. And then also the cast gave additional information about their characters in a recent press tour that they just did after the finale aired so additional reading required reading i don't want to see that in the future star wars i want full stories told as they should be <laughs> anyway that's all my thoughts on this whole kevin feige michael waldron star wars movie situation again i'm really excited about it i'm just a little hesitant and i'm gonna until we get more information which it's still so far away it's so far away. It's too early to have these kind of reservations. But I just want us to consider it as we go forward. And I want to know what you guys think. So I'm going to head over to the comment section and see what is happening here. Oh, thank you, uh, Captain Rex. Uh, he says, honestly, Han, you deserve more subs. You are amazing. I, I really appreciate that. That means, that means a lot to me. Uh, I work hard on this channel. And I'm glad to see that uh, some people appreciate it. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you, Max, as well. Uh, appreciate that as well. Oh, Max has an interesting comment. He thinks that Mando Season 3 will start on May the 4th, 2022. How about that? That would be incredible. I would love this. They should do that. They should totally do that. And they should give, they should, in the credits, put your name, Max4646. <laughs> That's a great idea. What if they gave us two episodes on May the 4th? Plus like a Kenobi trailer or something like that. That'd be amazing. 2022 is going to be a great year for Star Wars. Think about all the stuff we're getting. Andor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Mando Season 3. Um, who knows? Maybe more Star Wars Visions if they make it like a, a, a series. But I think it's going to be just a limited thing. I really liked the first five episodes, but I think the finale was okay, but not great. Yeah, Loki was such a disappointment to me. It's such a shame. Don't get me don't get me wrong. I know I talk a lot of crap about some shows and some movies, but I, I still did enjoy watching Loki. Uh, I, I view things from a very critical standpoint. Uh, I think that's because I went to film school. <laughs> so I've studied filmmaking, and there's sometimes I watch something, and I just, I see how it's made, and it distracts me from what, just watching and enjoying. So I think that's probably partially has to do with it, but I agree with you. I think that the WandaVision finale was worse than the Loki finale, but that's just my opinion. I think they're about on the same level for me. Uh, I really 
didn't care for either of them. I thought they were kind of lackluster. Just cut, they were very rushed, very rushed. And that's another thing. Everything we've seen come out of the Marvel television series is under, it ha- should have an asterisk by it because they were all made during the pandemic. That affects quality and it affects time. It affects everything. And I, I think we should consider that when thinking about how we view those shows. So maybe season two of Loki or season two of Falcon Winter Soldier, maybe they'll be a lot better than these first ones. Or maybe whatever show is coming next will be a lot better since it's not as affected. So thanks for uh, sharing your thoughts there too. Hashtag make Star Wars run by George Lucas and Star Wars YouTubers. That'd be pretty cool, right? Um, Actually, you know what would be really cool is if Star Wars did like a a weekly shout out where they would find Star Wars YouTubers or Star Wars fans that created something or talked about something or made a fan film and they put it on their channel. Like every week they pick like five fans that did something really cool for Star Wars and they shouted them out. George Lucas used to do that and he did it a lot. Um, Maybe not him specifically, but when he owned Star Wars, he did that a lot. Uh, Rex says, I really don't like that they make Loki and Sylvie like each other because they are the same person. Yeah, well, I mean, you know what? If you were able to kiss a hot per- hot version of yourself, you'd probably like it because you know what you like, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I so that was it made me cringe. I, I agree with you, Captain Rex. It was so cringy when that happened. Uh it's like it's the most uh selfish form of masturbation I can think of. <laughs> Self-love. Um, it's a weird way to, uh, you know, give off your theme of self-love in a literal way, but I agree with you. Dom Toretto agrees. Nothing is better. Let me, let me try this in my best Dom Toretto voice. Hold on one second. Nothing's better than family. (laughs) According to Dom Toretto. Uh yes, if Dom, if, oh my God, if Vin Diesel shows up in a Star Wars movie, it's like family. I'm gonna lose my mind. Max says I think Michael Waldron's writing was okay, but the director of Doctor Strange Two is Sam Raimi, so I'm still hyped. Dude, dude, Sam Raimi is one of my favorite directors of all time. Evil Dead, Spider Man. Uh, what's what's the other um. Uh, what's the one where the lady goes to the bank and there's an old lady? Um, the old lady's like a devil or something. Ugh, I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, the Evil Dead movies are great. Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Sam Raimi is a great filmmaker. He also did a movie with The Gift, I think is what it's called. He's He's got, he's got a very specific style. And I think he's going to bring an original take to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I can't wait. I'm totally on the same page. I think that Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie will look a little bit like a Marvel movie, but I agree that Star Wars should not be Marvel. Yes, so that's that's, that's my biggest concern, is that Disney is going to look at the success of Marvel and counter that with the success of Star Wars and try and balance the two, when in fact they should be polar opposites. If you look at it from a film, from an average point of view... Uh, as far as a, a cumulative average of both the franchises, Star Wars is still more successful than Marvel. 
So the why they think that they should make Star Wars movies more like Marvel is beyond me. If you look at it film by film, the Star Wars films make more money than the MCU does. I mean, yes, they've had more films, therefore they've made more money. But on a film by film basis, Star Wars averages a billion point five dollars, one point five billion dollars. MCU they average a billion, but it took them like 12, 13 years to get to that point. Star Wars never stopped. It's always been a successful franchise. Even to this day, it's the most recognized IP in the world. I mean, yes, Marvel is as well, but you know, if you think about like characters like Kang the Conqueror, you probably can't go anywhere in the world and everyone would know who that character is. But you say names like Darth Vader or Kylo Ren, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, People know those names, and it's very recognizable. Uh, just because I wrote about Sam Raimi, would you like to see a Star Wars horror movie? So I've been thinking about this for a while, actually. Um, I would, maybe not so specific, like so genre-specific to horror, but maybe with horror elements. I mean, if you think about Empire Strikes Back, look at the... Dagobah scene when he goes into the cave that was pretty scary as a kid and maybe it was for you as well and I just remember always not kind of wanting to watch that scene when it came up because it would scare me so much when I was little and so I think something like that could work again something that is realistic you know nothing like monsters or jump scares but diegetic thrills or thrillers that make you feel uneasy that can be related to our own world which is going into a dark cave not knowing what's in it and finding out that your biggest fear is yourself is you know going up against yourself so i I think so i think we can have more horror elements but maybe not an entire movie dedicated to the genre you know what but it maybe it could work i don't know It's something you'd have to kind of develop in my brain for a little bit. But thanks for sharing. Rex says, I'm sad and happy the new gunship isn't minifigure scale. Sad and happy. Are you sad because it is so much money, but happy because it's freaking cool? Is that what you're saying? Um, I agree with you. Well, everybody, I think um, I'm just going to put up that visual again because it's so freaking cool. I mean, look at the uh, the little gun pods on the sides. Yeah, I really want this thing too. Hey guys, uh, this was great. I am... Uh, uh, sorry, one more thing. Max says, yeah, when I was small, I didn't like the cave scene on Dagobah, especially when Luke cuts the head off. Yeah, it was creepy stuff. It was scary stuff. Um, I would like to see more of that in Star Wars. I think we could use it. That's it for today, everybody. Thank you guys so much for being here and joining me. I know we were a little late, but um, thanks for taking the time out of your day and talking a little Star Wars with me. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Han Talks First, and you can also you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you are new here or if you are listening on the podcast and you want to check out some cool videos, head on over and check them out there. And then if you are listening on the podcast forum, be sure to follow rate, review, subscribe, do whatever you have to so you never miss an episode. There's tons of other great episodes to, that we have on here talking about like the science of Star Wars, the music of Star Wars, all that kind of good stuff. 
And thank you guys so much who are joining us live. I appreciate it. It was so nice to see you. You had a lot of great things to say. And we will be back next week with another episode of the Han Talks First show. And now, my friends, somehow, someway, somewhere this week, may the force be with you. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first.